Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is Go Big or Go Home. Ahmed Fareed, Joshua Perry, Matt Castle, the debut edition, the maiden voyage of this first ever podcast about Big Ten football. Now you just made me nervous. <laughs> I know there's a, there's a high expectation here. Yeah, we ma- better go discover some things in this first podcast, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, have we mapped it out? If this is the first voyage, do we know where we're going? Do we know where we're supposed to point the ship? I don't know that we know quite yet. It's a rough map. It's a map. It's a ma- rough map, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, yes, we have general direction, but really we're, we're kind of spotty on the navigation yeah, right it's now. It's a little bit of a compass, maybe. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. We're, we'll go in the general direction that we're supposed to go in here. So basically, what we'll do throughout the season is we'll all be together at the site of our Big Ten Saturday night game. And right when it's done, like we're talking post-game show finishes, boom, we're done. Hey, good night, everyone. Saturday Night Live is coming up in a half an hour. Enjoy your late local news. Uh, we're going to sit down and record a podcast of the, the big things that happened throughout the day and the things, Matt, that kind of just like stood out to us as we watched Big Ten football all Saturday long. Yeah, that's the exciting part about it is because it'll be fresh on your mind. It'll be reactionary. It'll be intentional. And then to have that kind of detailed analysis of what took place during the day, break down those Big Ten matchups and a lot of these games, players highlight different aspects of it. I I think it'll be a a lot of fun to do. So this one is nothing like that. This is completely opposite. (laughs) This is basically trying to pick our brains. We're trying to learn along with the the rest of the football nation here on what are going to be the big storylines for the Big Ten this year. And so what we've kind of done here is put together some of the the main storylines that that stand out to us. And I've put some bold predictions on here. I don't Mm -hmm. know how bold some of them are. So we'll kind of ping pong back and forth for about a half an hour here, just trying to go through a a lot of the teams in the Big Ten. So can I start, guys? Please do. Can I begin? All right, my first bold prediction is that a player from either Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State will be in New York as a Heisman finalist? Is that bold enough for? Is that a bold enough prediction for you? I mean, we we cast a, a bit of a, a wide net there. I think this is something <laughs> that is actually highly likely because we were talking about a JJ McCarthy at Michigan yeah. returning quarterback, one of the few in the conference, or Blake Corum, and he might have been there a year ago had he not gotten that injury uh, against Illinois. 
maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. for Ohio State or whoever yeah. the starting quarterback whoever is. Whoever the starting quarterback is. And then, of course, we're looking probably at Drew Aller or a Nick Singleton at Penn State. I think there are a bunch of candidates preseason that we could say could make it to New York, and we expect those teams to have the storylines by the end of the year as well. I yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, do you think, who do you think is the most likely out of all those, well, if you had to? Take you know, a stab. If you if you look at the history of Ohio State and what they've been able to do at the quarterback position, right? Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, most recently C.J. Stroud, and Ryan Day in that offense. It's just been a perennial powerhouse to be able to put a quarterback and make him successful at that position. I know that there's some question marks even to this day right. about who's going to be that starting quarterback, which gives you a little bit of hesitation. But if any of those guys develop, they've got the keys to the Ferrari. You look at the skill position, the weaponry that this offense has, I mean, they can go out and be very successful, put up the numbers that put them in that position. But the other guy that stands out, again, is Blake Corum. I mean, what he's done in college up to this point, his resume speaks to himself. Ran for over, what, 1,400 yards last year. Is just an outstanding dynamic back. And if he stays healthy, as Joshua just said, throughout the course of the year, there's no doubt in my mind he's a guy that yeah. could be a candidate at the end of the year to be All in right. New York. Let's keep it with Michigan then. Do you have any bold takes? I've got a bold take for Michigan. Yeah. Will Johnson, the cornerback, is going to be the best corner in the conference. Oh, wow. And we got some really good defensive backs in the Big Ten, too, so I think. Because I was going to say Keelan King could be a guy Keelan that can be yeah, a yeah, finalist. Yeah. Cooper DeGene. Yeah, right? yeah. People DeGene. are talking about him at Iowa as well. But what I saw from Will Johnson as a freshman, I think, was eye-opening because he's a guy who has all the tools in terms of size and in terms of the way that he plays the game from a fundamental standpoint. But he's got edge. Right, like he's out there in Columbus against Ohio State, lined up against Marvin Harrison Jr. and does not back down. And to me, I think there's an evolution that comes with that where now you're a year older, so you're taking that step in your development. I think that he's gonna understand some of the, the stages that he'll be on as well. It sets up for this guy to to maybe be one of the best in America too. Yeah. And I think that's where you kind of set the standard for yourself is when you go up against the best, a guy like Marvin Harrison, how does how does he react to that situation? Is the moment too big? Does he get dominated? Because, look, Marvin Harrison is the best probably college football player in the country right now, let alone at the wide receiver position. So the fact that he went out there and had that type of performance against Marvin Harrison Jr. and then at the same time comes back a year older with an offseason, work on your strength, work on your conditioning, but at the same time work on your craft. You know, better recognize, have better route recognition, be in better technique in certain things, understand what the coaching staff's a- asking of you in certain circumstances and situations. That always is something that you want to see that growth factor and for somebody that had that type of season he can build off that with his confidence that he had from year one you got a hot take with the uh, head coaches for michigan weeks one through three Matt? yeah you know what i think that they're going to go be multiple with their uh head coaches for the first three weeks <laughs> of the season at least that, that, that's that's what it's feeling like you know you the got, game has become more multiple right in that jesse mentor week one i'd go with jay harbaugh yeah. mike hart you got sharon uh more on yeah. the third game it, that that is a funny situation to me. Yeah, what do you yeah, but think it's of typical that? Jim Jim Harbaugh, right? He thinks outside the box. He does stuff just to mess with with whoever is making this decision to to have that in house suspension. But to him, listening to him at Big Ten Media Day, he said, "Look, I've got four guys on this staff that I believe will be head coaches soon, and maybe this is a way to help promote those guys to give them an opportunity to be in front of the team." But I just don't know how the dynamics are going to work on game day. 
when you is is it because you're going to get your opportunity to be up in front of the team on a daily basis in in practice you're the guy giving the message and then the next week it's somebody else it's it's just very interesting to hear that they're going to yeah. go with four different guys in the first three weeks all right i could talk about michigan all day as you guys know i grew up rooting for for michigan Joshua. So sorry. now we're rivals. We are rivals. Uh-oh. We've been rivals, right? Yeah. Um, but we can let that. We can. We don't need to. But hide now we're that. on the same team, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. All one. All for one. That's right. Ten Saturday night. Yes. But we can. Let, I mean, you're, you're gonna like. You don't openly root for Ohio State, but you're gonna root for Ohio State, right? I mean, no. I'm an impartial member of the media. I, I only root for good <laughs> stories. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you believe that? No. No, I don't want to hear this rivalry. I do want to, yeah. We got this is this is going to make the podcast go. This rivalry between, but I feel like that that's like that's the cool thing about you know it's Mike Robb's with us. He's yeah. a Penn State guy. Right. I mean, yeah. You know he's like uh, right. got a little more juice for Penn State. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. USC is not in the Big Ten yet, but it will not be yet. soon enough. Well, it's coming. Will you be like how how crazy will you be uh, with your Trojan love when they come in next year? Fight I'll on. be I'll be excited. Yeah, a little a little bit of fight on. We'll get a few chants going. I mean, <laughs> Trojan sword. Traveler running up and down some sidelines. I mean, it'll, it'll be uniquely different for some people, but I'll be like, hey, let's go. What's the, I might ride that horse. What's the helmet called? Huh? What's the helmet called? What is that? Uh, the Trojan? Is it? Uh, Trojan helmet? <laughs> <laughs> when we went to school there, they didn't really come break down the uniform. I mean, maybe that's just what it's yeah, called. Exactly. I don't really know. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the Trojan, I'm sorry. The Trojan yeah. helmets. The it's technical called the battle helmet. helmet. How about that? Uh, whatever it is, Matt's going to be wearing that week that's one right. uh, mm-hmm. next year. Uh, right. But as much as I would love to say that Michigan's going to win, my bold take, I think, you know, up and down the roster, I think Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten this year. Joshua, do you agree with that? They're the most talented team. I don't think it's it is crazy to say that Ohio State has the best collection of talent in the Big Ten. I don't think that it would have been crazy to say that in 2021 or in 2022. And so it comes down to a lot more than that. I think that there is an increased motivation for Ryan Day and his staff and the players in that locker room to understand the urgency of beating Michigan. And so there's going to be a lot of uh, – extra that's put into that but for me I'm actually looking at Michigan as winning the Big Ten once again this year and they get to the Mm. thing that they do that impresses me is they dictate the way that games are played they can slow the game down and really grind you on the run game when it's time to hit those deep shots which is something that they did especially late in the year um, they can do that and then defensively fundamentally sound with really good players and so it just it seems like this is setting up for them 81 percent returning production for the wolverines it's a very talented team it's an experienced team that has been there the last two years and it feels like this is it's kind of that window if you're going to make a run at a national title for michigan this feels like the year it has to be done. Wow. This is a bizarre world with our picks so far. I know. So pick, uh, pick, Penn, it, pick Penn State, well, Matt. Can you pick uh, but Penn I'll State? I'll say this, too, about, real quick about Ohio State. The entire offseason, all they've talked about is beating Michigan. And, yes, that there's a sense of urgency and all that. But at times, I think that you're too, you become too primarily focused on one game. And it, it's, it's you can't a, say that in Columbus, Ohio. You can't say that in Columbus, and you know that that's the game. But at the same time, there's a long season before you get to Michigan. And will that create some hiccups here and there along the way where you underestimate a team? Because at, your end goal is, hey, we've lost to Michigan the last two years. We haven't just lost to them. We've been dominated by them. Yeah. We've been embarrassed by them. So there's that in the back of your mind. And at the same time, Michigan on the other side of it, they're, they have supreme confidence right now. They're the big dog in the conference, but 
they're not just primarily focused on Ohio State. They will be when that day comes because they know they've had their number. So I think that there's you've got to have this fine line between having a sense of urgency. It's got to be throughout the entire season. It can't just be for one game. And then when you get to that game, go out and show out. Part of me wanted to pick Penn State to be mm. kind of like mm-hmm. – because it's all the talk, it seems to be Michigan or Ohio State. And I feel like Penn State is one of the most talented teams in the country. In many other conferences, I feel like they'd be discussed more as a potential winner. And I think they have been this year. But, I mean, where do you, where do you see what, – what's your bold take on Penn State if you have one? My bold take, and, and I think we would all agree that this year's version of Penn State is the best team that James Franklin has had. They still might be a year away from having their best team hmm. because Drew Aller is still a young quarterback, first-year starter. I know he got some reps a year ago, and that certainly helps, but there's going to be a, a growing and development pattern that has to happen for him. That running back room that we talk Ooh. about with Singleton and Allen, those guys are still young as well. Kalen King is still a young player. Chop Robinson, Chop Robinson, right? Like, still got development that needs to happen. And so, as you start to really dig into what this team looks like, um, Abdul Carter, similar thing. I think they could be even better a year from now. And we believe that this is a team that can legitimately contend not only to win the conference this year, but to make it to the CFP. That's a scary thing. Yeah, and I, I do believe that they can can compete this year. The biggest thing that they have to overcome is. During James Franklin's tenure, he's 0-14 against Ohio State and Michigan. But this is a team, like you just said, is the most talented team that he's had since he got there. And then it goes back to quarterback play. Can Drew Aller be the guy that they think that he's going to be? Because everybody is – there's high expectation. They've said that he looks the part. He's been playing really well throughout the spring. But, again – there's a maturation process that takes place throughout a season, and he's a first-year star. He got some burn last year. That's great. But it's those moments when, hey, you're supposed to throw the ball away. That comes with experience. That comes with maturation of the quarterback position. But uh, if he can develop into the guy that everybody is predicting, then he takes that team to the next level. Yeah. All right. We, we, need, we need some bold takes on teams other than Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So. Matt, what's maybe maybe look out west, Big Ten West out there. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you you look at the Big Ten and there's uh, the thing that pops off the page to me is we we're in the the world of transfer portal, but all these teams, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, I mean, they all have new quarterbacks all through the transfer portal. And which one of these guys are going to make the biggest impact? And I I have to look at Iowa and say it's Cade McNamara because just just what he's already been through. He's been to the college football playoff. He's He played at Michigan. Now he comes to Iowa. They already have an outstanding defense. If they can generate any offense, that defense will hold opponents to what? It was six, 16 points a game last year or something like that. And you have to go out there and produce three scores in a game and have some productivity on offense, then you're going to win a lot of ball games. I mean, this team continues to win – eight, nine, nine games a year with playing good defense with no offense. It's like a split personality. So if he goes out and he's able to do that, 
then this Iowa team, I think, it could be the front runner in the West. Yeah, and that that defensive stat you gave to him points per game for Iowa is so skewed because of of what they did against Ohio State too. They gave up like a fifty burger in that one. It was their defense was so good, and it's been like that the last couple of years. So I agree with you in terms of Cade McNamara. He's a guy who can really take the reins there and play the way that he played at Michigan, which is very efficient football and uh, protecting the football, being a great leader. I think that this team can certainly uh, be there at the end of the year to win the West. Now, one of my bold predictions Hold has on, to, I want to I take piggyback off Iowa. Ahead. I don't want to change the, the subject here because I have a bold prediction on Iowa. Mm. They will score over 40 points in their first game against Utah State. Now, I do know that Cade McNamara is a little dinged up He's right now. He's a little now. dinged up right now. That hurt this prediction a little bit. I second-guessed <laughs> myself at that point. But here's why I think it's still going to happen. Because Brian Ferentz's new contract is they have to average 25 points. they got to win seven games or else he's not renewed. Right. right. So I, I think he's going to want to be renewed. I think that when they can, they will be running up the score this year. And so I think game number one, Cade McNamara pending, I think they, they try to run it up and score 40. Did we ever figure out if that um, points per game includes what their defense does too? Because the defense has been <laughs> known to score point. as well. Uh, I, I agree with you. And what's hard about that is you can't go into a game thinking about a number that you need to get to. I think you just have to go with what the game dictates. To your point, those types of games dictate a lot of points, so you yeah. got to get them when you can. Yeah, yeah you know, Dad's going to help out his son a little bit. <laughs> like, hey, uh, Dad, this we can run the we can yeah. run the clock out. No, son, bombs away. Yeah, yeah. let's we're gonna, go. We're, we're going to go. All the it. starters are playing. Don't you worry. We're going to rack up yeah. some points here, just on the back end, if we need to make that up. I, I know, and it's such it'd be such an interesting way to go into the season as an offensive coordinator in the back of their mind. Know that your job security is all based on the fact of the points scored, the number of yards per game. And does that change your mentality and how you call the game? Are you more aggressive? Do you take more shots? And does that hurt you or help you? I don't know if that's going to be the case because ultimately we're all team players. We want to win ballgames. But it's it puts a lot of pressure on one individual because you become the focal point of, oh, they, we, we scored 20 this week. We didn't put up 25. Yeah. Where, and are you tracking that throughout the season? Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah, just well, a, whether they're tracking it or not, I know the we newspaper I, uh, writers <laughs> over there in Iowa probably will yeah. be. But the game management aspect does come into because if I'm the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, in that situation, I'm saying, okay, we got a really good defense. Can I talk us into going for some more fourth and shorts here mm-hmm. so we could try to steal some possessions along the way, understanding that more than likely our defense is going to be able to get a stop and get us back the ball anyway? Yes. I, and I would imagine, too, like if they win nine games or something like that and fall short of the 25 points per game, he's still fine, right? right it's right. just like if you win enough, it doesn't matter. Um, so we'll see. That's interesting. All right, do you have another who yeah. you want to move on to here in the West? I got Illinois here, and, and they Ooh. were an impressive team a year ago. They have to replace a ton of players. Uh, quarterback and Tommy DeVito is going to be replaced by Luke Altmaier, and then we're going to get to him in a little bit. And Chase, uh, you know, Chase Brown is not there anymore at the running back position. Some great draft picks on defense. My bold prediction for them is Illinois will have the best defensive line in the conference by time the season is over. Whoa, okay. Yeah. All right. You got Johnny Newton up there. You've got Randolph. You've got Akis. Um, They're disruptive players. This is a team that is predicated off of being strong on the defensive front. I think it's a part of their mentality. I actually got to watch them practice during training camp this year. And Johnny Newton up there 
is not only a disruptive player and a guy who has a hunger to be great, he wants his teammates to be great too. He is a phenomenal leader, and they've got a lot of passion in that group. And I think that if it all comes together, and based off of some of the results we saw defensively last year, we're going to be talking about this group with, with, with some of the greats up there. Yeah, that, that's the part about Illinois is that they're going to have to be good up front because they've lost so much depth in the secondary. And what sometimes makes the secondary better is a good defensive front, right? They, because they're putting the pressure on the quarterback. The ball's got to come out quicker. You can jump routes and do all that stuff. But they are replacing a ton of depth. That means that that defensive front, especially early on as they start to settle in the roles in the secondary, needs to be really good. And you know the type of football that Brett Bielema wants to play. He wants to control the clock. They want to run the football. It's smash mouth football, play aggressive and physical on the defensive side of the ball. It'll just be interesting with with all the change with the new quarterback, Lute Altmaier, if they can go out and have another successful season because last year was a stepping stone for this program. They hadn't w- had a winning season since, what we say, 2011, was it? And for him to come in and in a short period of time establish an identity, establish a culture, be able to get guys to believe and then go out and do it last year, now hopefully they can build off that momentum going into this year and give them confidence. Yeah, That's one of my bold takes is that Luke Altmaier with Isaiah Williams mm-hmm. – so he comes in, he's led the team in receptions and yards the last two years. Nice. I'm going to say they are the most prolific quarterback-wide receiver duo in the Big Ten West. So that's my bold prediction for Illinois. I'm with it. Yeah, I like that. I, I think that's Why a not? good prediction. Got some experience. You got a new, you know, all, I mean, Luke Altmaier, like they, Brett Mielema, you can tell, like from the quotes that he has, like he was definitely pouring praise on on Luke Altmaier. He saw how important having him with this Illinois team was, and so that's my that's my bold prediction with Illinois. And then I'll go into Wisconsin because it's kind of the flip here, and I think we got to talk about Wisconsin because that's a team that most people are picking to win the, the Big Ten West. Wisconsin's offense will experience growing pains with new offensive coordinator Phil Longo. That's my bold, bold prediction here. Now, this is why I say that, because I feel like Longo's gone over there, and he's got the reputation of opening it up. It's going to be a completely different Wisconsin. You're, you're Wisconsin. You've been very good. You've been very good with a specific style for a long time. I don't know that it's going to be that easy to just totally flip the script. Now, maybe it will be, but my bold prediction is that it will not be that easy, which might not be a bad thing because they can run the ball pretty well, too. You know, I, I, that's what I'm thinking is if I'm Wisconsin, and, and certainly it's time for them to be in the new age of, of football and to to open up the field um, – I think that it's going to be a, a perfect marriage here. Uh, Phil Longo, when he was at UNC, was known for the air raid concepts. But when he had teams that could run, they were pretty balanced between the pass and the run. So I'm thinking he's looking mm. at his running back room yeah. in that offensive line right now, and he's saying, all right, well, maybe it's not about me this year and, and all the things that I can do in the pass game. Maybe it's about highlighting these running backs and ultimately probably opening up a ton of lanes for them because they're going to use more of the width of the field and people can't just load up the box. So um, it's going to be different. I can see a scenario with growing pains because of a new coordinator and a new quarterback, and I think that always takes time. Mm -hmm. But I think once people really start to see the plan of attack, it's going to feel like Wisconsin football because I'm giving the ball to Braylon Allen if I'm a coordinator. But that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. They hear about Phil Longo, and he's been known for this air raid spread offense. He had 2,000-yard rushers when he was at North Carolina. He understands if he's got a guy back there of how to put pressure on the defense by running the football. And he's not one of these guys that hasn't been a long, uh, been around for a long period of time. He, he says, look, 
the the passing game will open up the run game the run game will open up the pass game but what they do do when they spread you out and stretch stretch it and make sure that you work the entire perimeter of the field well that opens up lanes like you said right if we're going to throw the ball effectively get the ball out well that means that they're going to have to dedicate more people in the secondary yeah if all of a sudden they start to load that box with braylon allen and he's run downhill guess what it's going to open up one-on-one opportunities on the outside so he understands the chess match that takes place and again tanner Moore is going to be a big part of this of his execution his understanding of what is expected for him on each and every play and the success the success of this offense will be based on how he plays the quarterback position how he executes when they do call pass plays which they will he did say doo-doo. He said doo-doo. He said doo-doo. Okay, because I, I was going what to be. What did I say? You said doo-doo. You said doo-doo. Doo-doo? Yeah. yeah. For who? Yeah. What just, I'm, I'm yeah, childish, what, yeah, and they, I, looked, I looked right at him, and I was like. He looked right at me immediately, and I just gave, uh, I gave yeah, you Yeah, you, you gave me I was going to say, why are you guys staring at each other right now? Because you said doo-doo. But I go, we're professionals. We'll let him finish his point. You are a professional. I am a child. You should have just dropped the deuce right on me when I said it. Next time you do that, I will do that. Uh, just so you know you did The number it. two. I'll go like yeah, that. Yeah. Just so you know. So you, you got can... five kids, man. You got to, you know, you can't, oh, can't say what you want to all the time. They would have loved that. This is going to be a fun uh, year, they guys. Loved, they would have loved that, too. Uh. Uh, all right. I've got a couple more bold predictions because I want to hit a couple more teams here. But I feel like these are negative bold predictions. Oh, no. Um, Michigan State finishes with only more wins than one team in the Big Ten. That is Northwestern. I'm down on Michigan State right now. They lost their quarterback late. Quarterback they lost their wide receiver, yep. Keon, Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman. I'm not feeling, which is bad. We need Michigan State to actually be pretty good for right. Big Ten Saturday night. We got them a couple times. We right? do. Yes, we do. But Especially I'm, late I'm, in the year. Yeah. I'm nervous right Here, now. Here's yeah. my thing. is I don't know how Michigan State wants to judge success. For me, if you can win – Six, seven, or eight games, I think that's a successful year for Michigan State. And I know there are a lot of Spartan fans that are not going to want to hear that because it wasn't that long ago that they were playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and I totally understand that. But the roster has certainly turned over. It's a different team right now. You mentioned the portal losses. Mm -hmm. Your number one quarterback and your number one wide receiver that was returning because Jaden Reed was also drafted by the Green Bay Packers. He's not coming back through that door. I totally get it, but it's hard for me to believe that this is going to be a worse squad than Indiana potentially will be this year, and they've got some things that they've got to figure out. Mm -hmm. And Rutgers is a tough football team, and I think that they're well-coached, but they struggle, and that season starts to drag on for them. Um, I I think I, I got too much belief in Mel Tucker. I think that he is a hell of a football coach. So this one's tough for me, man. Yeah. I, right. I gotta do. That's why it's bold. You it, don't it, have to it, agree it, to it. Yeah, it's no, bold. It, no, it's it, bold. It, yeah. It's bold. I, I definitely have to agree with Josh on this one. And, you know, when you look at Michigan State last year and you look at the defensive side of the ball alone, they were plagued with injuries throughout. They were. And they never were fully healthy. And that's where they really struggled. They struggled to stop people. They struggled to be a dominant defense or at least give themselves a chance. And so if they, I know that they hit the transfer portal hard, but I think this will be a better defense, which will keep them in games, in closer games this year. Now there's a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. You've got Noah Kim, who's the anticipated starter there. But again, when you lose your starting quarterback that late because, you know, 
Mel Tucker, it kind of was his own fault, right? He, he, he said, we're going to open up competition. He'd been a guy that had taken your team to the Rose Bowl two years prior. They'd won a bunch of games, and then they come back, and they struggle a little bit the, the next year. And he said, we're going to open competition. We're going to see who's – well, when you say that, and especially in this day and age, right. when you have an out – the the kid is like, well, he took that as a slight to himself. Maybe he doesn't like me. I don't know what the – but I've been starting here for two years. So he took off, and now you've got an, a quarterback competition with probably guys that that are still working through some stuff. But I think that they won't be as good at the quarterback position, at least initially, until they get going in the season. So only time will tell about how that whole situation works out with the quarterback. All right, we have our first studio crew meeting coming up here in like six minutes. So let's just go rapid fire with anything left here. I know that you guys got some Minnesota takes. I have an Indiana take that Jalen Lucas will lead the country once again and kick off returns. My guy Jalen Lucas, who I talked to at Media Day, I love that guy. He said his first football memory that he can remember was his cousin was playing safety. He was running the ball, and when he got to his cousin, he drop kicked him. He just like jumped up two feet <laughs> off the ground, drop kicked him in the in the chest. What a what a nice down. guy! He's a wild boy for that. It's um, yeah. a great prediction out okay. of you. Uh, it certainly is bold, but like I'm not going to argue it at all uh, we because would, he is. Dynamic. Love to see it. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, quick hitters? No, I've, I've gotten through. Well, I'll Minnesota? give you one. I'll give you one last one. I'm, oh, okay. I'm going to go back over to the east. Well, first off, I will yeah. say this about Minnesota because we haven't talked about them. Definitely in contention for the West. Uh, P.J. Fleck, for all the things that people like to say about him, he's one of the most organized coaches I've ever seen in action, and that's why that team's able to rise above their level oftentimes. But I'm going to take it to Maryland real quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. Leah Tungavailoa, most pass yards in the Big Ten this year. He's dynamic. He needs to take better care of the football at times, but I love the way he approaches the game. He's extremely humble, but he's very competitive. And Maryland at Big Ten Media Days, Mike Loxley said that they want to win the Big Ten, it's the first time we had ever heard him say something like that. The quarterback's got to be a huge part of it. I'm just yeah. going to piggyback. I mean, guys, we, we've hit a lot of bold predictions here, and I don't have any more bold predictions for you. <laughs> okay, I don't have any more doo-doos. So with that being said, <laughs> you're done. this has been fun. You're done. Yeah. Okay, all right. So that's it. That we've, we've learned a lot here today. We'll have learn we? a lot as the season goes. I don't know. We've said a lot. We've said a lot. We've said a lot. Uh, we've learned that the Trojan helmet is called a Trojan helmet. Yes. That's what yeah. we learned, too. Trojan helmet. Absolutely. Uh, Big Ten yes. Saturday night coming to a college campus near you. Uh, we'll have this uh, podcast every Saturday night, Sunday morning. Your drive to work Monday morning. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen to it then. But that is a, uh, a preview of Big Ten Saturday night. Well done, guys. Go big or go home. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. 